Hello and welcome to a new series of Flourishing Within Planetary Boundaries hosted by me, Dr. Tara Naylor. And this new series is going to focus on empowering individuals and communities to create the systemic transformation we need so that we all have the capacity to thrive and flourish on a planet with a vibrant and healthy biosphere and life support systems. And although some of the themes running through this series are fundamental in nature, and they are topics that underpin many aspects of our lives and societies, I am focusing on food and building human scale food systems because food is the basis of our lives, our health, our relationships with each other and with life on earth. And also because every single one of us plays a role in our food systems every single day. Now, the last few months of 2023 really brought home um, to me that if we want to deal with the big issues like climate change and biodiversity loss and societal health and well-being and inequity quickly and in any meaningful way, the change is going to come from individuals and communities and not from governments and corporations. And this sort of seemed to be a theme that ran through through my year in 2023, or maybe I was looking for these things and, and saw them. But let's talk about just a few of the events that I experienced and there were bigger global events that, that reinforced this. And really, I'm going to start with a spring and summer of wildfires. Um, certainly where I live, we started off with a quite a wet spring, but then it suddenly went dry, no rain. And, um, you know, I was working part time at an outdoor attractions company in, in guest services. It was a lot of fun. but we had, you know, my my area I was working in was outdoors and you could just see this haze of smoke. Um, and on the bad days, you just felt like you had a dry throat and you wanted to cough all the time. And, you know, so this was around for several weeks. And, you know, what, okay, that was one issue wildfires happen. But the scale of them and the number of them across the country, across Canada, um, was really quite shocking. Even with this evidence, we're surrounded by this evidence of, of climate change with, with droughts and floods and forest fires. And there's still no meaningful climate action and policy being rolled out by federal or provincial or even many local governments. Then... In December, there was the COP28 climate conference where, once again, government and corporate money interests seem to be more important than having a planet with a stable and habitable climate and also to help the people who are most affected by climate change. There has been uh, increasing evidence of crop failures due to less predictable weather conditions. Definitely some of the more local vegetables I'm used to seeing at the grocery store and farmers markets were just not available this year. In some cases, I had a good crop in my own garden, but that was because I was able to care for these plants on a smaller scale. There was once again empty grocery shelves where I live, and this time was due to strikes at different distribution warehouses, which meant you could go into a grocery store and there was almost nothing on the shelves. And finally, the last sort of story I want to highlight that sort of 
got me thinking was the likely shortages of electricity in North America generally and Ontario where I live particularly because electrification of almost everything is being used as a climate solution and we have barely begun this transition and we're already running into limits and we are going to talk about limits on this series. Now the other thing I've noticed is that although so many people are taking action with the best of intentions to tackle these issues, it's very clear to me that the predominant ways and approaches that people and organisations are taking to tackle these big issues are really based on flawed strategies. And we, you don't have to believe me for this one. You just have to look at the results we're achieving to see this. Um, you know, how come our greenhouse gases are still going up? Inequity is getting worse. Um, you know, biodiversity, you know, we've got ecosystems collapsing in different places around the world. Um, so you just have to look at the results um, and the world around you to see this is the case. But on the happy and inspiring side, I recently attended the Oxford Real Farming Conference virtually, and it was so inspiring to see the individuals and small scale enterprises from around the world reimagining, connecting together, sharing ideas and resources. And they were the people creating meaningful systemic action to transform our food systems and economies. And it was so uplifting to to be in that room, um, even if it was a virtual room with other people. There was really, this is why food excites me so much. There was so many people from different walks of life speaking and taking action. And I think in many cases, food just connects us all together. Now, at home on a personal level, I had an abundant year with my gardens and animals, despite the weather-related challenges. And it shows you, it's showing me that my approaches and my strategies I'm taking are working. And it also shows me that I'm continuing to gain skills and knowledge. And I am creating my own abundant, healthy, resilient life and food systems for the long term. So I, I'm very excited about that. I've got, a, I've still got a lot more I'm doing and learning at home, but these, uh, my approaches, my strategies are working. So the focus of this series is to give you a powerful approach to reimagine and build abundant, healthy, resilient, sustainable food and living systems that work for you. Now, there's a few reasons why I'm showing you an approach rather than a series of steps. And I'm going to use a quote by Buckminster Fuller to uh, illustrate this. And so I've been, I can't stop laughing about this because I keep mispronouncing his name. Um, and the quote says, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. And 
just think about this. You know, we as individuals cannot easily change this predominant neoliberal globalized competitive economic system that is driving so many of our health problems, our ecological and equity challenges. We can't fight that system. But we can build a new model or many new models that replace it. The other big reason is that when it comes to issues of ecological sustainability and food systems, or even many other solutions to complex interconnected problems, there's no single one right solution. If you think about it, as individuals, we all have different bodies and histories and cultures and preferences and lifestyles. We live in different locations. And what is sustainable for one personal place is not for another. But underneath all that, there are some universal underlying principles. The last reason I'm focusing on approach is that we live in a world where many of us are pulled in too many different directions in our lives. Um, I've spent times where I've been so overwhelmed. I've just sat on a step and just sort of think, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, if you look everywhere, whether it's in the media, on social media, on by content creators, you know, we're bombarded with this content telling us all these tips and lists to accomplish these improvements in our lives. Um, it can be things like 10 steps to cut waste. It can be um, 10 steps to cut your climate impact. I've already seen these this year. These steps you can take to lose weight, to ditch sugar, to improve things, to make more money. There's, there's just all these steps and tips put out there to do this. And from my own experiences of trying to implement these things, that you end up feeling scattered and overwhelmed and pulled all these different ways. And you sort of, uh, I felt like a failure before because I can't do this and I can't keep it all up. And, and so once again, we get scattered and overwhelmed and we get stuck. And, and so once again, we're not creating the change we want. And, and from a bigger picture view, those, those things do not tackle the, the systemic issues be underneath um, what's causing these problems. They're just very surface, but we will talk about that on the series. So what are some of the themes of this series? Well, I, I'm always bringing you back to this vision that we are creating a world where we as individuals and communities have the capacity to thrive, flourish, to be and feel healthy and live to our full potential, of course, on a vibrant and healthy planet. If we're going to do this, we need to dig right down to the fundamentals. So we're going to be talking about what it takes for we humans to thrive and flourish, the characteristics of that. We'll take a look at um, both the symptoms of our predicament as well as what's going on underneath and really why those symptoms are showing up. We're going to look at the underlying limits, talk about how we see ourselves, our relationship with ourselves and nature, as well as some of the more physical limits, systems and structures. So we're really, we're, we're dancing between some of these, I'd say, metaphysical, I'd say, spiritual worldview type things, and some of the hard science, the, 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 the physics, the, the underlying science. So we're really dancing between these two sides. Though really, they're not two sides, they're really parts of a whole. Um, so in a way, we're really focusing on creating a vision of the world we want, 
we're really taking a really good look at where we are now and we're going to look at what resources we have available to us and then we'll learn about strategies, skills and action to get us where we want to go. Because this series is about the impacts that we as individuals and communities can make, I want to read you two quotes, one from a novel about personal action and the other from a book about food systems. First, here's the quote from a short story called The Buffalo Man by Charles DeLint. And it says, I'm no better or stronger or braver than you are, but I am determined to leave things a little better than they were before I got here. That's what gets me through. And I have to admit there's a certain selfishness involved. You see, I want to live in that better world. I know it's not going to happen unless we all clean up our act. And I know I can't make anyone else do that. But I'll be damned if I do it myself. So that was the character Jelly from the story The Buffalo Man by Charles DeLint. And I really agree with her. There is a certain selfishness involved with this. Um, even though I am helping other people to create this change, there is a selfishness. I want to live in a better world. Um, I want to help other people do it, but I cannot do this by myself. The second quote is from Colin Tudge, who has spent a lifetime as a food systems and science writer. And in his book, Six Steps Back to the Land, he lays out a vision and strategy for change. And in his writing, he is very clear that the transformation we need in this world is going to come from we the regular folk. Now, that Oxford Real Farming Conference I attended virtually last week, he and his wife are the founders of that. In his book, Six Steps Back to the Land, there are so many things I could quote from that book. I just love, love his ideas. But I chose this one and it says... The dream of a well-fed, well-tempered world may seem fanciful, but in truth is eminently achievable. And if everyone was well-fed, then everything else we might aspire to would become possible. Not guaranteed, of course, but possible. World peace, far better health, equitable societies, personal fulfillment, a flourishing biosphere. So on that positive note of possibility, I would like to say thank you for listening to this episode and I will talk to you on the next one. Bye.